I'm super happy. Are you happy? Welcome to the BU Find Happy Podcast. Here you'll find tips and tricks to inspire you on your way to happiness, to live a courageous life of authenticity, and learn how to speak your truth with grace. I'm Michaela Johnson, and welcome to our podcast. Welcome back to the BU Find Happy Podcast. Thanks so much, as always, for being here. I truly appreciate you. Today's podcast guest is pretty awesome because he is my personal chiropractor. (laughs) And you guys have heard me talk about the miracles of holistic treatment, including chiropractic care, and how it has greatly helped me. And so I am so excited to have the ever incredible, ever smart, and ever passionate Dr. Glenn Barney on with me today, telling you all about the myths of chiropractic and really debunking them and hopefully getting you inspired to be living your absolute best life. Check this out. Hi, how are you? I'm well, dear. (laughs) I'm super excited to have you on because I've been talking all things alternative in the way of health and healing for almost 48 episodes now, and we have yet to have a chiropractor on this podcast. Oh, well, I'm I'm, uh, honored. I'm very excited to have you, Dr. Barney. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about who you are and uh, and what you do? Uh, well, my name is uh, Dr. Glenn Barney. I've been in private practice. This is my 31st year. Wow, and, uh, I, it's been a while. Yeah, I, <laughs> you know, I mean, it only feels it only. Fortunately for me, it only feels like it's been five years. So that's a good that's a good sign. <laughs> but I um my um. Schooling. I was originally in school to be an orthopedic surgeon. I blew out my knee in a sports injury, and they told me the only option I had was complete knee replacement. I said, "Actually, that's not true." I said, "Let's realign my knee, and then see how, with proper proper physical therapy modalities and treatment, how well it can heal, rather than doing something as invasive as surgery." And they said, "No, that's not a possibility. Your option, your only option, is replacement." So I disagreed. I went the route of seeing a chiropractor who is a sports medicine chiropractor like myself is now. And he put my knee back in alignment. And then after two years of some intensive physical therapy treatment, I was able to have full use of my knee again without um, major reconstruction or knee replacement, uh, surgical measure wise. And so then I changed. I jumped ship from orthopedic surgery into chiropractic and 31 years later, I couldn't be happier. Wow. You know, I, I have so many people in my life, um, you know, friends, family, people that I work with or whatever, that they get that, they get that message from the doctor that, Hey, we've got to operate and they, and they go right to it. They might get a second opinion on the doctor, but they don't get a second opinion on like, could there be something other than surgery? They go straight to that surgic option. And then that's not without risk either. I mean, that's not without, um, there's no guarantees on that. Things can happen. They cannot heal properly. They come with, that comes with its own, um, mix of fallout stuff, doesn't right. it? I mean, right. Well, it's it, Michaela, you've got a really good point. The, the, the key thing for people to recognize is that what modern medicine of today, especially Western medicine, what they always look for is the, what I call the silver bullet approach. It's like that, you know, people in, in America, especially in the U S they want it now, they want the answer. They want it fixed now. Uh, and they don't look at 
they look at the symptom. People are, they treat the symptom rather than they finding the actual cause of the issue. And the problem with you when you do surgical measures is it's extremely invasive and it's also permanent. So when they permanently, and my grandfather put it best, he always said, God gave us so many holes, don't make new ones. And in short, <laughs> you know, in, in short, what he was saying is, hey, you know, every hole in our body that currently exists has a actual use and is necessary. So if you make an incision and cut into the human body, you are, in fact, always causing harm in the process, besides even if you're attempting to assist and help in some fashion, because every time you cut into the body, you are creating scar tissue as a side effect. Wow. And of course, there's also massive, massive risk. Um, so, I mean, just spine surgery alone has a 94 point, uh, 94% um, failure rate. And what that means, medically speaking, is within a two-year span, you will need a second or tertiary surgery thereafter just because of scar tissue and other complications. So obviously our backstory is that I found you because I was having all sorts of problems with my spine and, and numbness right. in my arm. And so, um, and obviously that's all gone away since my time with you, which, which I didn't even follow the full protocol, <laughs> but I sure. sent a lot of people who couldn't even walk, um, your way, my, my brother being one, I mean, he, he couldn't even walk when he went to see you and he sings your praises. How does chiropractic work? I mean, what is, what is, how, how does it do it? How does it fix? What's the idea behind it where people can be in such a bad situation and have so much pain and then, um, and then be fully functioning humans again? How, how does that work? Well, the way it works is, um, chiropractic, by the way, chiro is, um, uh, Greek for the, is, the term is for chiro means hand. So chiropractic means practice of using your hands. Um, so it's really straightforward that way. So rather than surgical measures, we are used by the use of hands or external use of my hands. I'm applying uh, pressure or putting you in a position that I'm taking areas that are out of position, out of alignment is what a lot of people term it. But the better way to understand it is the central nervous system. The central nervous system is your brain and spinal cord. Well, the spinal column, the, the, your spine, the bones of your back in general are created for one reason. That is to protect the spinal cord or your central nervous system. So that that is your grand, think of it as a grand central station. The only reason every part of your body works is the central nervous system. Well, that that is there to protect if out of position is in fact causing harm to what it's trying to protect. So if you were to, you and I were in a medieval joust. And I was, you, you, of course, have this sheet of armor over your chest. But then I knock you from your steed and it caves in. It actually not, doesn't puncture the armor, but it caves it in. Even though it didn't puncture your internal, you know, your, your internal organs, like your heart, especially your, your lungs, it did put so much pressure by bending the armor that you're now unable to breathe readily or easily. So, of mm. course, your, your flea would run out onto the, into the jousting arena remove your armor as fast as possible so you don't actually perish mm. all because there was an indentation of the armor putting direct pressure on those uh, internal organs even though there wasn't an immediate cause or damage you know from you know in other words there wasn't a puncture. right right so that's what we're doing so when somebody comes to me and i do a thorough examination physical examination it takes almost an hour's time and then I take radiographs, I take x-rays to prove where the causation of your pain and condition is. And most commonly, it would be in the spinal column area that there is a bone that is so displaced 
that it is putting direct pressure on the disc, the cartilage areas. Think of it as the bushing or the padding between each of the bones that's then directly impeding the, cent the actual spinal cord. It's putting pressure on the spinal cord. And that's what people refer to as a bulging disc. Mm -hmm. Well, if you cannot, if you can't do what's necessary to take that bulge away, then the bulge is going to continue to cause harm to the spinal cord in the way of signs and symptoms. You know, you're going to feel things, you're going to feel poorly and your body's just not going to be up to par. So, and the, the scarier part about a bulging disc, Michaela, is that if the disc is then not treated, if it's not, if something is not done to physically make it no longer bulged, it, then you're at high, high risk of that bulge actually rupturing. So think of it as putting your foot on a water balloon and it's now bulging. Mm. And if you continue to bear weight on the water balloon, it's going to what? It's going to rupture. It's going to fail. So the bigger, you know, so it's one thing to have pain from a bulging disc. It's a whole nother consideration. The fact that if it goes untreated, it will eventually rupture. Wow. Yeah. And so are ruptured discs repairable? It's that's a great question. In in my 31 years in practice now, now my 31st year this year, um, I've had patients that have had ruptured discs who were able to what actually recover from that significant of an injury. It's not commonplace, though. In other words, I would never tell a patient when they come in with a ruptured disc, I can repair you. I, I never say that. I said the option we have you have is twofold. You can either surgically go in and have them remove the ruptured, the damaged disc, or the treatment that I render may allow the disc to heal itself. Wow. But as far as treating bulging discs, which is the preemptive, you know, the, the area that happens before the actual rupture, I'm able to treat bulging discs um, across the board. In other words, I have tremendous success in doing that. And can, and this is going to sound really silly, but can the juices that are between the discs, um, once they squeeze out or bulge out or whatever, can they come back in? Can they refill? I know that's a very well, no, good person. They, 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 <laughs> that couldn't occur in, say, a rupture situation. So if the, the disc was actually ruptured, that's, it's, I, I guess the best way to say it is it's kind of permanently damaged. Okay. Right? okay. However, if it is a very slight rupture, in other words, a, a small leak rather than a massive basic explosion per se. Mm -hmm. uh, and again, I'm using lay terms so that people can recognize what we're speaking of. Right. <laughs> but, it, but it is possible. All right. But it is, again, if it's a mild rupture, it's possible that it can mend. Right. But if it's severe, it's unlikely. Wow. And so, and so in, in the time that I've spent with you, one of the things you've talked about is how you um, received chiropractic care from a young age. How do you feel about chiropractic care for children and, and as a maintenance kind of thing for life in general? Well, I, I, I personally am very pro-chiropractic. And it's, again, you mentioned from the time I was very young. Matter of fact, I was the day I was born, I had my first chiropractic treatment. Uh, and the reason being is I, my mother was in labor with me for 72 hours. At one point, there came to a point where the, the actual... Um, the obstetrician said, Valerie, it's either you or Glenn, you know, or the child. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, and I, and I, I jokingly tell people, I must have heard him say that because at that point I then came out. You hopped out. <laughs> I popped out and I'm like, well, I know my mom's thinking I'm a young woman. I can always have another. And so I'm like, <laughs> okay, no, no, actually I'm, I'm very, I'm being stubborn, but I'm going to come out now. And, but nonetheless, the, I looked as if I'd gone, you know, 10 rounds with Mike Tyson when I wow. was delivered. And so at that point, my, my grandfather in his infinite wisdom, who had, who had knew the worth of chiropractic care, 
uh, basically grabbed me from my mother who was so out of it. She couldn't say otherwise. And he took me to the chiropractor and I was an actual newborn first time I was treated. Wow. And he knew that there was so much pressure and compression to my skull itself trying to be delivered that um, to simply help re to create less compression to the my head and neck area alone, which is all the, doc the chiropractor treated, would benefit my health from that point on. He continued to as a secret from my parents for 18 years. Uh, we never it was our little secret. He took me to the chiropractor on a monthly basis, never told my parents. And then on um, my 18th birthday, we spilled the beans let our parents let my parents know at a thanksgiving dinner of all places and they were livid you know that he kept such a secret from mm -hmm, them mm -hmm. and he said but you know what valerie consider the fact that you have four other sons that were raised the same way under the same roof and yet glenn has excelled in school he's uh he's an extrovert person who is liked by many he is uh he's never had any significant physical health condition all your other sons have had major surgeries up to this point. Wow. So he just went across the page and he made his, he made his case very obvious. He's like, Glenn is, has had this exemplary life compared to your other four boys. And they were raised the same exact way. Were, you, were your brothers pissed that they didn't get to do it too? Oh yeah. They were, they were myth. You know, they're like, well, wait a minute, Papa, how come you didn't do that for us? And he said, well, you know, because you're, Glenn is one of 26 grandsons, no granddaughters, all grandsons. And he says, I couldn't do, you know, I couldn't afford to do it for all of you. And right. Glenn was my, basically my little protege. And right. that, to this day, my grandfather is absolutely my mentor. Uh, someday I hope to be half the man he was. Wow. Wow. So, so you, you kind of mentioned that he, uh, I'm picturing this little infant getting its head and neck adjusted, but right. uh, you know, when people think about chiropractic care, I think, I think they tend to be afraid and it's always the neck. I remember the first time I came to see you <laughs> and I was so scared when you said you needed to adjust my neck. Right. Um, and then you did the neck adjustment and I, mm -hmm. I think I like literally said aloud, Oh my God, I can see better <laughs> Right. because I well physically could, I had so much pressure from the car accident that I was in mm. just on that part of my spine that I like right. was having trouble freaking seeing. Right. Um, but I was terrified for that. Sure. And I well, and still people am. are, yeah. and, and, you know, and people are, I mean, Michaela, the biggest concern that people have when they come into my office for all of these years now has always been fear of their neck being work treat treated. And I know that I know that coming in and I said, I understand there's fear, but please understand what I'm about to do. First of all, the popping sound when you are treated chiropractically is nitrogen gas escaping from between the joint structure. That creates a popping sound, just like if you were to pop your own knuckles or if you're bending over to tie your shoe and you hear a crick or crack or a pop in your knees, hip or back. That is nitrogen gas escaping. In seven seconds, that gas restores itself. But when it does escape, it does release endorphins, which means it makes you feel a euphoria throughout the body. Mm -hmm. uh, when, when that popping occurs. But the key thing to understand is this. When I treat someone's neck, you, your neck is supposed to turn at least a minimum of 70 degrees to the left or right from looking straight forward. You do that yourself every day. You and I both do on an ongoing basis. When I treat someone's neck, I only move their head five or 10 degrees and then make the gentle movement that is no, it may create a popping sound, but is not a painful experience ever to be it an adolescent, a child, a newborn, or somebody that's 90 years of age. So it's all a matter of who you see. 
Are there good and bad chiropractors? Unfortunately, yes. But are there good and bad parents? Yes. Are there good and bad medical doctors? Yes. There's good and bad in everything in life. You just have to spend your, do your due diligence to make sure you go to somebody that is not going to overstep their bounds and be exaggerative in how they treat you. But And then and truth be told, are there chiropractors out there that are what I would term aggressive in the way that they adjust? Yes, there are. All right. So that would mean someone who would take your neck and move it 70 degrees right or left and then go beyond that point. Well, at that point, what you're doing is creating an aggravation to the structure. You're causing the person to feel some discomfort. So we make sure we never do that. So every time I treat a child and keep in mind, a child is predominantly, especially a young child, an infant. They're still predominantly cartilage, not bone yet. Their, their bone structures are not fully developed. So to move a child is no more than the pressure of your fingertip. So it cannot, it physiologically, physically cannot harm that child if done the proper way. Right, right. So, you know, one of the things I was thinking about as you were saying that is, it, how come more people don't necessarily try this this option first? Why do you think people aren't aware of it? Why do you think the medical field doesn't even suggest it before a major surgery? Why is well, that? Well, the times have changed. I mean, when I got into practice 30 years ago, chiropractors were still frowned upon in a significant fashion. Chiropractors are on every major, they, they, there's a team chiropractor for every professional team in the world today, across the globe. There's a, also a chiropractor for every of the base with every Olympic team of every country. And so it has changed dramatically in the 30 years I've been in practice. But when I first started, it was a good example was that there was just a fear based on ignorance. In other words, people didn't understand the science and the schooling. All right. I took my schooling in chiropractic school was dramatically more than any medical school. People aren't aware of that because it's not taught in what? anywhere from grammar school up through high school or college. Right. So it's just a matter of people. There's a lack of knowledge base because it's not what considered mainstream still to this day, but it is more mainstream than it used to be when I started. Absolutely. Right. So how long has chiropractic as a modality been around? Chiropractic has been around actually since the beginning of modern medicine. And let me explain that to you. Chiropractic originally was called osteopathy. So when people think of going to an osteopath, who are what? Basically, um, they, they can join themselves at the hip with the American Medical Association, the, the American uh, Osteopathic Association. But osteopathy was, there was a gentleman who came along, and this is my opinion, so please understand this. There was a gentleman called D.D. Palmer, Dr. David Palmer, out of um, Iowa, the Iowa state of Iowa. And what he did is he was an osteopath. And he decided to change the name of osteopathy into chiropractic. And what I mean by that is, he says, you know what? I'm going to create osteop osteopaths are so in bed with the uh, allopathic medical doctors that I want to be a separate entity. I think it was a mistake, in my opinion. It was a mistake that he did that. In other words, wow. there, it's, it's silly that people don't get along. I, right. have, I have many medical doctor patients. All right. I don't have a problem with medical doctors at all. I get along with them swimmingly well every day of my practice. Why? Because I don't ever I don't overstep my bounds. I don't make promises or do something that I it is out of my realm. 
And likewise, I have medical doctors who refer patients to me daily, weekly, monthly. Mm-hmm. All right. So it's just a matter of, you know, I, I, I guess the best way to put it is there's just too many chiropractors. Well, and back to D.D. Palmer, you know, D- David Palmer, he, he Dr. Palmer created the profession of chiropractic over 100 years ago. And I think it was a mistake. As a result, there was this massive exodus of the American Medical Association from chiropractors or osteopaths. So in other words, they said, okay, if you want to stay an osteopath, we'll continue to allow you to be in our realm. But if you're going to call yourself, if you're going to move forward and be in a chiropractor and go to chiropractic school, right, which is the same thing in osteopathy is taught in, in osteopathic school is taught in chiropractic school. And that is actual spinal or joint manipulation. It is taught in both realms. And a lot of people don't know that either. There are lots of, I have patients every day who come in and say, oh, I went to an osteopath to have my knee reconstruction. Wow. So osteopaths are trained in orthopedics. So are chiropractors. People don't know that either. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think there is a lot, I think in general, modern medicine, it, it can be very confusing for people. I mean, I guess it's called a practice for a reason and not perfection. But um, what I've seen seem to have found is that people seem to take what a doctor says as the only option and not advocate for themselves when I, I believe the body has an intuitive sense of what's wrong and what needs adjustment and what, you know, I think that the body can actually speak very loudly Right. But we, but we tend to take what someone else says as the only option. Right. Well, I, and whenever people come to me and they say, um, my doctor said, I went, my doctor said to not let you treat my neck. And I'm like, going, really, does your doctor have <laughs> the amount of schooling and education in, in spinal care that I do? Not at all, unless he's a neurologist. Right. So for right. a general practitioner, for a GP, a family doctor to say that chiropractic care is unsafe or not wise is a complete fallacy. It's, it's, a, it's a foolish thing for them to say. They don't know otherwise. Matter of fact, there's not a GP out there that's actually, you know, in, in GP, a general practitioner is somebody who is taught to keep you breathing and alive. They are not licensed to read, to do read radiology. We are. They are also not uh, well-versed in pharmacology. We are. All right. They are also someone who is what always going to refer out for to people of specialty because their realm is so limited. So whenever people say my doctor, I always correct them and say, do you mean your GP, your general practitioner who is does an excellent job at looking at you and taking your temperature, your blood pressure and making suggestions of how you can make your life in general better off. But they have no training in nutrition. It's not even part of the medical school curriculum all right in chiropractic school it is so again the curriculum of a chiropractor is dramatically more vast than that of any gp general practitioner am i going to tell you that a chiropractor knows as much as a neurologist or as an orthopedist it depends on what schooling they actually attended i can tell you that the schooling that i attended yes i have similar training to i took i learned from the same exact schooling same books for pathology for neurology, for orthopedics, that all those doctors did of specialty. So is, how is so how is chiropractic work a whole body process? Well, the, the, the key thing is this. Again, as I told you or said earlier, the central nervous system, the brain and the spinal cord, is encapsulated or surrounded by the bones of the spine. So what happens is, and, and the best example I use, and it's, again, I, I hate to use this, but it's the best way for people to really picture it. 
Christopher Reeves, the all right, uh, the God rest his soul, was a tremendous uh, gentleman and actor. All right, when he fell from his steed, when he fell from the horse and snapped his neck at the top level, what it did is it separated his brain from his spinal cord. So therefore, he was kept alive at that point because there was no longer an electrical connection of his brain to his body through his spinal cord via the spinal cord. So that the electronically machines kept him breathing, kept him living because wow. there was no longer a connection. Bottom wow. line is if you snap your neck as Christopher Reeves did, then the rest of your body is affected by that, by that trauma up high. So whole body concept is really that simple. In other words, if you have a impingement, if you have pressure in your neck, is it going to affect your legs? Absolutely. It's all connected. So if somebody comes to me and says, I have discomfort in my neck, I'm still going to do an examination of them from head to toe to see if there's other extenuating circumstances connected to that pain, that symptom they're feeling in their neck that might be affecting what? Their foot. They might say, though, that, you know, by the way, I also have sciatica down my rear end on one side. I still have numbness or I have discomfort in one knee. So I'm going to check their entire body for function rather than just jump on the bandwagon of which medical doctors and a lot of chiropractors do too. just treat the actual symptom. There's a lot of most doctors treat just the symptom because it's what, in my opinion, a lot quicker way to make money. All right. So let's go ahead and treat the here and now where you're feeling your discomfort and then they're going to leave happy that that area feels improved, but they did never look at the extenuating circumstances that could also exist. All right. And the, the, the case in point, Michaela, is that means that they could, they'll, they will probably be returning for other circumstances that existed. But the doctor, be it doc, MD or chiropractor, was short sighted and didn't look at the entire possibility of what was wrong or, or what other issues existed. I know when I first came in, um, you did a full x-ray and from that x-ray, well, multiple x-rays, you were able to show different areas of my spine alignment and things like that from the neck down. When you see someone like that, how do you decide where to treat for, like, how do you, you know, you're looking at this, how does the treatment then begin from that? Well, the treatment begins from, I mean, after we do the thorough examination and take the x-rays, we do an x-ray review. During that report of findings, we call it, for the x-ray review, I'm able to point out or show you and your loved one exactly where problems lie. And if those problems go untreated, it'll be a snowball effect. They'll only become larger or worse off. So we need to address them even if they're not symptomatic yet. Only 9% of the nerves in the human body, Michaela, actually have nerve receptors. So there's a what? A 91% chance you could be have a catastrophic condition or disease or problem and not know it because there's no pain. Pain is the warning system of the body that something's wrong, so people believe. In other words, the only reason people come through my door is because they're in pain. They're symptomatic. So I tell them, wow. good thing that you're in pain because there's a 91% chance that you could have a catastrophic problem and have no sign, no, no, wow. no issue whatsoever. And the best way to explain that is, when do we feel pain from cancer? When it's stage four or terminal. Wow. If we all felt pain in stage one of cancer, we'd have a lot more of our loved ones still alive and with us. Wow. That is insane. Mm -hmm. I did not realize that. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's kind of scary. Yeah. You hear people that, well, I was, I apparently I've had this for 10 years and I didn't know. And it's like, what? Right. Right. 
And that's, that's again, because that's, 91 percent of the body does not have nerve receptors. Is that what you said? Right, pain receptors. In other wow. words, the nerve. Yeah, 91 percent of the nerves in the human body don't actually tell you something's wrong until it's to to, to an extreme uh, degree. Wow. <clears throat> yep. So you recommend chiropractic then for maintenance? I mean, not even for before there's any pain. Like Correct. Just go, Absolutely. Just, in other words, does chiropractic care? provide wellness in other words does it provide a is it a good measure for everyone to do yeah absolutely if somebody says our dr marnie you saying that chiropractic career can help everyone absolutely without a shadow of a doubt that's an absolute proven fact and again proven fact through if you go back to the annals of medicine they're called which is when medicine began a thousand years ago and it was but it was called osteopathy not chiropractic so chiropractic's been around a long time, guys, not just over 100 years. It just, it just, just there was a foolish change of name over 100 years ago. Wow. So what types of illnesses and dysfunctions does, does chiropractic work help with then? I mean, you mentioned cancer. <clears throat> the, obviously, that maybe isn't. Well, here's, a, here's, would, a, here's but... a better way to put it. I would never tell anyone that my care will cure a, a major con- disease. All right. And the disease, the, the definition of the word disease is dis-ease. Anytime your person, your body is at a state of dis-ease, not at ease, then it's a disease state. So if you have a bunion, that's a state of disease. If you have cancer, it's a disease. It means your body's not at ease by oh. definition. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, anytime somebody comes to me and they say, Dr. Barney, I think I'm a pretty healthy person. And I look at them and I'm honest and say, you look healthy. Okay. On the outside, you look well. But let's do a thorough examination. And if warranted, take x-rays thereafter to find out the deeper root of or cause of what may be actually wrong, even if you're not feeling poorly. I've had patients over the years that I've taken x-rays who swore they were perfectly well and said, so when did you break your back? And they're like, I've never broke my back. And I'm like, let me show you the x-ray where it shows you have a healed back fracture. Wow. But they didn't <laughs> even know it. They never knew it because they were what? They, they were either young and dumb and didn't know better, you know, and just, you know, uh, took some recreational drugs to get past the pain they were in originally, you know, initially, or they what? They were just tough as nails. All right. <laughs> they, you know, they didn't, they, they're somebody who is not, you know, very symptomatic. They don't have a high sensitivity to pain. And I find people like that all the time. I mean, it could be, a, I, I've had a 16-year-old young cheerleader who literally broke her foot, her leg in three places and walked into my office like nothing was wrong saying, okay, I fell and when they threw me up in the air, they didn't catch me quite right. And I heard a crack and a pop, but I thought it was no big deal. And I'm here today walking on it. And yet even the swelling was minimal. But then I took an x-ray to say it's broken in three places. So again, you cannot use just pain as the, not just the warning, but the indicator that something is in fact wrong or not. That's why we have diagnostic tools like x-ray, like MRI, like CAT scans, et cetera. See, I feel like I'm, I'm like this un, like weird anomaly because I obviously, I had my son without even a Tylenol, mm-hmm. but when something's wrong in my body, I can... I mean, like almost instantly, I, I feel like I'm really in tune when something isn't right, you Correct. know, when something doesn't feel right. But my pain tolerance, obviously having a child, but there's all the oxytocin and all that good stuff too. But I mean, I feel like 
is there, but then it's just like my body doesn't like it when something's out of whack. Right. Right. And, and that's the truth. Here's a, best, and a great example, Michaela. You just said out of whack. I you hear those terms every day and I giggle every time I hear them because it's a great way to describe it. The reality is this. If your car is out the front end or rear end is out of alignment, does it still drive down the road? Yes, it does. But does it drive down the road poorly? Does it seem to wibble, you know, shake or, or maybe shimmy? Does it does it the wheel not if you let go of the steering wheel, does it track to the right or left eventually? Yes, that means there is something inherently wrong with the vehicle. It's not all right. It's not in alignment, but it still functions. <laughs> That's a really good analogy for right. it. I like that. Right. So I tell people, I'm like, I say to people when I show them their x-rays and I explain to them how I would like to proceed in assisting them, because my daddy always said, Glenn, you're not put on this earth to help people. Help would, if you tell somebody you're going to help them, it would infer they're helpless and no one's helpless. People simply need the assistance of a professional like yourself to make things that God already made perfect. They're just not quite right currently. So you're putting them back where they're supposed to be. That's what we do. Oh, I like that. I like the term as assisting versus helping. I like Correct. that. That's, and that's actually what I told really people. good. I, I said, look, I'm here, Michaela, to assist you in your time of need. And, and I can do so in this fashion. Right. But by all means, I'm not trying to tell you that if you don't seek my care, you will perish tomorrow or in the next year. You may live to be 100 years of life, but your your quality of life is going to be greatly diminished because you're what? You're wobbling down the road instead of driving true and straight. Yeah. Yeah. And then if you're not driving true and straight, the likeliness of something happening when it rains and it being a much more serious accident or something right. is totally there. I like that. That's mm -hmm. a super good analogy. things that um is part of your practice is that you have like a full circle approach i mean Correct. um it includes you know the physical therapy component mm -hmm. the ultrasound can you talk a little bit about that certainly certainly and i'm glad you asked that question because that is my my daddy always said uh, my grandfather said to me he says to be a success in life you have to be either the first or the best and the only way you can any so to be the first is a hard thing to be but to be the best, you have to offer something no one else does. So what we offer is full service. So when somebody comes to us and they say, I have a pain, then we do a thorough examination rather than simply treat the symptom. You know, we don't just, you know, give them an injection like a, like a, a general practitioner might, or we don't just quickly adjust them like many chiropractors do. So we don't want to offer someone relief. We want to find the true nitty gritty cause of what's going on. So the, when somebody comes to us, we do a thorough examination, we do the x-ray review, and we find out that they have things that are chronically wrong. Chronic means more than 72 hours in length. So if you just sprained your ankle yesterday, that's an acute, that's a new condition. Chronic means more than three days of trauma or injury have passed. Most people think of chronic as something being 20 years of age. Yes, that is also considered chronic. But what I show people is, look, Michaela, you, I, by the looking at your x-rays, I can see that your neck was damaged, probably in some type of trauma like a car accident 30 years ago. Now there's a cumulative effect of trauma to the area. So what we need to do is we need to not just 
align you the areas that are out of position we also need to do let we use the physical therapy modalities the actual machines of physical therapy to make your ligaments muscles and tendons hold the new position i put your bones and structures in in place and that's where most chiropractors miss the ball and in other words drop the ball i should say in other words if all i did was put you in position every time you walk through my door but i don't do something to then hold that new position then i'm doing you a disservice so physical therapy is absolutely a must and necessary if you want to correct what's physically wrong with the person so we want to physically change you for the better we want to make things right we want to correct you we do not want to only provide relief temporarily one of the things that I know I had was some, um, and what do you call it? Bone spurs, like yes. calcium buildup in my Correct. neck. And, and so what, what caused that? Was that from my car accident or what? It was, well, what happens is most people that have bone spurs, another term that a lot of people would explain a bone spur is, is arthritis. So arthritis is joint inflammation caused by the fact that the bones were displaced in such a way that they could rub against each other. And when the bones rub against each other, they bruise each other. Upon bruising each other, the brain sends extra calcium accumulation to the area where the bones are rubbing to try to heal the fact that they are bruising each other. In oh, the wow. process, you now have arthritic spurring. All right. So what we do is we utilize ultrasound therapies all right, at a specific mode, at a specific duty, duty cycle is called so that it is able to create a equal value resonant value with the spur and actually break it up into a dust and when i say a dust i mean a dust not break things off into chunks that are now floating around in your joint structure or your body so it's a fascinating thing that is actually not even taught in uh u.s schools it's only taught in europe and across the, across the ocean and, and it's really crazy because you can actually hear it like crinkling like right Right. Like can, right. Well, what you're hearing it. is you're hearing what are called joint mites. You're hearing the actual calcium deposits rubbing against one another, which would be kind of like rubbing sandpaper against each other. That's wow. exactly what you're hearing. You're hearing the actual calcification rubbing against each other because it's so abundant. It's built up to such a degree. And that's what's also fascinating when I show share x-rays with somebody. I show them that they have moderate or severe arthritic spurring, especially in their neck. So that's what's causing the actual, what the audible crepitus, the actual sound that you're hearing. And um, so what needs to happen is that needs to be, their treatment needs to be rendered to correct that. The problem is most, a lot of people would jump on the bandwagon if they have that type of crepitus or significant arthritis, and they would go in and medically speaking, have a neurologist or an orthopedist remove the spurs met, you know, surgically. The problem is, again, there's an inherent risk of opening the body uh, and creating permanent scar tissue thereafter. But when they do it surgically, you're actually removing the spur in such a way that it would be like tearing a scab off your arm. It immediately is going to regrow. So when you surgically remove a spur, it always regrows in a short period of time. Ugh. Yeah. So not a good option. Not only is there risk involved in being having a surgical measure, it's also going to what, return. So if you use the ultrasound technology, right. then it's, Correct. it breaks it up into a dust Correct. and heals it yes, without exactly. leaving a And the only, way it can, the only way it can return mm. if you use the ultrasound alternative method is if the person doesn't take proper care of themselves, the tutelage that we provide them of how to keep themselves well once we've corrected something, and then allow what the joint structure to age and collapse again over time because they were not 
they didn't do their due diligence and exercise as we recommend they do on a daily basis. And we're talking five or 10 minutes a day. We don't mean going to the gym one or two hours. But if you, again, if you allow the area to collapse back down, if the disc, you allow it to collapse or the disc to bulge again, and then, then it rub, now you're going to have an issue. You're going to have that area start to rub uh, back and forth, side to side, and it's going, and the actual spur will return. So remember, a spur is created because the bones are able to rub against each other. And, and that can be caused by injury or age right. or whatever. Right. Well, in other words, who, who is going to suffer from arthritis as they age? Everyone. All right. It's inevitable that we're all going to have arthritis, you know, arth, arthritis, arthritis in our joints as we age because our bodies, what? They become weaker and they start to compress over time with gravity forces, et cetera. But you can slow the process down by having chiropractic care. And you can also slow it down by taking proper supplementation. Glucosamine. To keep the disc, yeah, glucosamine and, you know, do the proper things to keep your body as vibrant and as youthful as possible. And the key thing, of course, is movement. The biggest, the thing I suffer the most in my practice by far, the thing I, 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 I not suffer, but I have the hardest time implementing is for patients to just move, to be more active. Yoga. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, of course, yoga is an excellent choice. And yoga is your best choice simply because it what? It works the entire body equally. I know for me, what I was having trouble with was that like when I would be driving for a long period of time, I would feel those spurs more than anything. I think like I would start to have fatigue and, and it would be hard to like keep my head upright. Right. And you once told me that you can tell, um, what's, what people are suffering from often just by the way they walk. Correct. Correct. So when, when we see old people who are very hunched over, what's that all about? Well, what that is, the biggest causation of what that's called kyphosis. It means they have basically what's called a Dowinger's hump. And it means they have exaggeration of their head in a forward canted position. And then it looks like they've got a hump uh, uh, between their shoulders. That is simply poor. It is a posture that is caused twofold. Most people think it's because they just have bad posture. Actually, they have bad posture nine times out of 10 because there are calcium spurs in their neck pushing in and, and against the spinal cord, causing harm to it. So the brain automatically forces your head forward to not cause damage to the cord. Mm. So when people come to me and I find out that they have severe spurs in their neck, I don't blame them for having bad posture. I'm telling that's I show them that's why they have bad posture. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen anybody who has as good of posture as you do. <laughs> well, it's, 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 I, I, it was, it, it was, uh, how should I put this? It was enforced upon me at a, from a very young age by my grandfather that it's everything. All right. To straighten up and fly right is important. And so that's exactly what he taught me. He goes, you need to have excellent posture if you want to continue to maintain the activities, li lifestyle that you want. And mine is that. All right. I'm almost 60 and I still feel like I'm 20. I mean, I, I find myself hunching over all the time. Like I have to like remind myself to sit upright. What do you recommend for people who, you know, sink into that kind of not so great posture? Often? Well, that's an, that's an excellent question. Okay. Let me tell you why most people will tell you that, well, you know what? I think what I'm going to do is go get one of those collarbone braces where it actually pulls your shoulder back and therefore forcefully keeps your head more upright. So you have better looking posture. The problem is if you wear braces of any type, they become a crutch. 
and they allow the muscles that God created to hold you in an upright posture to be what? Become weakened. So right. you're actually causing yourself more harm than good by using braces of that type. Wow. Yeah, because then your muscles don't have to actually strengthen Correct. and work. Right. Well, another example would be what? When people wear lumbar or back support braces, let's say you go to a Home Depot or a Lowe's store. All right. And I'm not capping on these people. I'm using them as an example. And you see the people that are working there and they have these back braces that are like an elastic support to their low back. And they also have suspenders on them. And you see them walking around all day long inside the facility with them tight and the suspenders pulled snug. The suspenders are there for the for the correct reason would be to when you're not doing heavy lifting, giving some extra support to your low back so you don't cause a spasm or trauma or injury or rupture disc, is you then remove the actual elastic belt and the suspenders are there to simply let it hang from your shoulders mm-hmm. when you're not using it. That's the way it's properly supposed to be used. And I've been a guest speaker at many Caltrans meetings, many county meetings, many uh, uh, you federal uh, post office meetings to explain these things. In other words, we want to keep these people on the job and not, and, you know, injury free. So you, you know, you have to use proper techniques and what you do, but you also need to, if you're going to use devices that are braces in nature, you make sure you're using them correctly. Mm. I, I think you, you strike on something so, so important, which is that, and, and I actually just finished talking to a lady about this exact topic that, you know, in this modern society, we want quick and easy results. We don't want to have to put in the work to, to get what, you know, the comfort to the comfort level that we want. We want to be able to just up the thermostat in the house and not have to actually go get the wood going on the wood stove, you know? Well, it seems like those braces are part of that. Well, exactly. And, 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 and the, the real truth is what you've, you hit on earlier. And that is movement activity. The reality is this, there's 1,440 minutes in a, in a 24-hour day. So when I tell a patient that I need you to do these exercises 10 minutes per day, every day of your life, I'm not asking too much because then they have what? I give them the ability to do what they want with their lives for the 1,430 minutes that are left. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I like that. I'm going to use that in my therapy practice. I'm right. going to say, hey, I'm asking you to give me right. 10 minutes of your right. 1440. Exactly. <laughs> I'm going to use that. Yep. So, so, um, how do you feel about other modalities that kind of go along perhaps, or maybe don't with chiropractic, like acupuncture and massage? That's a great question. I'm, I, I, I'm an advocate of anything that is going to physically, physiologically assist the body. So when people come to me and they say, Dr. Barney, if I go to a acupuncturist, won't it do the same thing you're doing? No, it cannot. It physiologically cannot acupuncture cannot move a joint structure in the manner I do. It cannot physically do that. But I can tell you that acupuncture is fantastic for pain management or somebody who is dealing with what? A long um, time, uh, you know, mental distress, or maybe it's somebody who is also trying to kick a habit of some type, be it smoking or otherwise. Sure. Because what is acupuncture fantastic with? It is great at working on the nervous system. It is very, it's a very, uh, excellent modality to treat neurologic type symptomologies, you know, pains, aches, and so forth. But mm. can it physically move you in the way that I do not? So when somebody right. says, Dr. Barney, should I see an acupuncturist as well as you? I'm all for it. If you go into the acupuncturist for the pain management aspect, mm-hmm. right? Because I'm, I'll be honest with you. There's times that I will be treating someone and they're, they're, 
they're noticing an increased range of motion or they're noticing more physical ability, but they're still in pain. Right. So they're like, can I go to the acupuncturist for my pain? I'm saying I'll, I give them a, I give them my, my, um, grace. I'm like, by all means do. They're, they're, yeah. that, it cannot harm you. It can only assist in what we're doing. And what about massage? Massage is phenomenal. I mean, because we do, we, we do a mechanical massage in our office because we don't have time to offer that besides our normal treatment. Uh, I've had massage therapists in my practice in the, in the years past. I currently do not, but I certainly refer people out for massage. Massage is great because what does it do? It increases blood circulation beautifully. All right. It is also great with pain management. It helps, helps reduce pain people are suffering from. It is also good at getting rid of muscle spasm. Muscle spasms oftentimes are what cause the bones to become misaligned. So if somebody says, well, Dr. Barney, if I go to massage therapist and you, is that a good thing? Absolutely. So one of the things that I wanted to touch on since you mentioned, um, you know, kind of what your office structure is like is you have a very different approach in that way. You do have um, private room. And obviously you have a consultation room in the lobby, which is all beautiful. I don't know if you mm -hmm. or your wife decorated, but wow, it's so, so nice. Um, but you have a center room where most of the adjustments are happening and there's, you know, two or three or four beds there. Right. Why did you choose that, that layout? That style? You know, it's, I'm glad you asked that question because there's, in my years of practice, I've never had a person, I'd say probably a, literally a handful of times. And uh, to date, Michaela, I've done over 250,000 treatments. Wow. And um, in all those treatments, I've had, you can count on one hand, on one hand, the people that have come in and saw that I had an open treating area as well as a private area. And they said, you know, I won't come back. I'd rather not come back to see you because of that. And this is why yeah. I have an open treating area. And people will appreciate this. My daddy always said, you know, if you're going to do something, do it your best or don't do it at all. So my theory is this. I'm on display. If I am treating you in front of a half dozen or a dozen other people at the same time, then I better be on my game. In other words, I can't be haphazard. I can't be half ass or anything else. I have to be on my game because if I then harm you, then I, you have 12 witnesses that saw me do it. Yeah, I agree. I, I actually feel comfort by the way that your style is with mm -hmm. the room. I like it. I, mm -hmm. I always, I always enjoyed it. And right. also when I would bring my son, then we could be side by side. Right. Which was kind and, of and, nice and, too. And, 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 you know, couples and family members really love that. Okay. I yeah. just, just, just uh, last week I had a gentleman come in and he brought his, he had his four-year-old daughter with him. Well, she had, it was, she had been treated before, but she was also still somewhat nervous about being what touched by someone other than her father or mother. So it was nice for them to be on a table near each other so that they could literally hold hands while we had them on the moist heat packs becoming relaxed so that I could then render my care. Right. I love the heat packs by right. the way. <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> and, and people do, part. people do. I mean, the bottom line is unless you're, unless you're thoroughly educated on what we're doing and your body is in a state of ease, then how could our care be as thoughtful and as comforting as if we, you know, if we didn't do other. So what most chiropractors do is they don't use moist heat. They don't do physical therapy modalities. They don't educate their patients. They don't do a thorough exam. They don't do x-rays. And again, I'm not saying that's, you know, it's their choice to not do those things. But I believe the reason that the reason for our success is not my skill set as much as it is people feel at ease when they're here.
Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Although I think your skill set is obviously there with 250,000 in 31 years. That's pretty good. It's it's um, it, it's quite a quite a bit. That's for sure. My wife keeps statistics on everything. So when she told me that just about a month ago, I was pretty shocked. I'm like, wow. Wow. Yeah. And she's been along for the journey the whole time. Absolutely. Right. I mean, from Absolutely. the beginning. Yeah. My wife. Wow. is. Well, the reason that we have the success that we have today is because I married a brilliant woman. Wow. That's so fantastic. So, so on talking success, what, what is the greatest success story you've heard or you've had? You you know, it's interesting. I, I, I'd say probably the one that that comes to mind when somebody would ask that would be this. I had a medical doctor from the Bay area who came to see me when she, we did her examination. She was all bent over. She looked like as if she was Quasimodo. She was so crippled. And she hunched forward and so forth. And so we took her x-rays after doing the examination. And we found out that her scoliosis, her spine, was crooked to the degree of 49. Oh, wow. It was 49 degrees one direction and then only three degrees the opposite direction. So her body was not even compensating. The problem was that severe. Wow. Her condition was so severe that her quality of life was basically nil. You know, it didn't exist. She was a – she basically – she had her private practice in the Bay Area. She um, was a uh, psychiatrist for a living. You know, in other words, she was a doctor of psychiatry. And she um, would see her clients and then come home and hibernate. In other words, she, would, she, she had no life. After our treatment, we took her 49-degree scoliosis back to 13 degrees. Wow. So what it did is it did twofold. It made her three inches taller in the process. <laughs> right. All right. It also changed her life. She started taking yoga and going out and actually what? Living her life again. She, you know, she actually reached out to, to her friends who she had what? Obviously disavowed. And I mean, she's like, okay, well, I can't, you know, I don't want to even go out in public. I want to just be a hermit. So it, it re- basically restored her life. And the best part about that story is not only did it change her life for the better, she, from that, from that point on, continued to refer many of her clientele, many of her patients to our office for the same, wow. for the same reason. Because, wow. they, of course, it was an easy personal testimonial for them to be sitting across from her during their, uh, their sessions and saying, my dear God, doctor, what happened? You know, well, look at mm-hmm. you. You're a, you're a different person. Wow. Yes. And, of course, she had an ear to your smile as well. But, I mean, the stories go on and on of, of people that I've helped that, I mean, I probably assisted people from uh, not going forward with significant surgeries of many types, uh, especially joint type, you know, surgeries. Um, I'd, I'd say nine out of 10 times people come in and they're, they say they're destined for surgery. And if there's a chance that I can assist, I offer that assistance and it, and the, and there, and it works, but am I going to tell you that it's a hundred percent? Absolutely not. That's absurd. All right. Yeah. There's, I'd say 10% of the time people, when they come to me are too far gone, they're out of my, the, the reach of my realm. So I refer them what to the best neurologist or orthopedist that I know. And I know the best. And I'm able to get them in within a week or two's time rather than waiting three or four months because they're going to the best. So good and so true. And I've been rubbing my neck this entire time. I think I need to get back in and see you, Dr. Barney. How can people reach you? How can they get in touch with you? Um, Well, they can. I I, I always recommend the best, the most important thing that I mean, to really find out what we're about. uh, Sure. Word of mouth is how we built our practice. Uh, that's the truth. We, we don't advertise, but we do have a lovely website and that's chirosport.net. Uh, the word Cairo is C-H-I-R-O and 
continue with that word sport, S-P-O-R-T.net. That is our website. But if you go on our website, uh, the most important thing I think you can do besides peruse the site, which is very beautifully professionally done, is there is an introduction video at the bottom of the homepage. Watch it. Uh, we're very blessed. We, we, we're very fortunate to have a gentleman who made that video, who's actually born and raised in Auburn, but has spent a better life, his ad- a better part of his adult life in, in Hollywood. And he is what? A, a professional videographer. And he, yeah. did a, he did a two Perfect. minute intro video for me. And uh, uh, it really does. It, it, by watching that two minute video, you grasp who and what we're about. I think I watched that two minute video when I came to see you for the first mm-hmm. time, actually. And I agree. It's very well done. It, it, it's very well done. I, I just I he, he he makes me look good. That's for sure. I just was like, I'm watching it going. I, I think I would go to me now. But but the, uh, he, but he, the he, truth he, is, your your patients speak for themselves. I mean, and and refer for that same reason, because right. they've had their own success. And that's yeah. absolutely I mean, I know for me, um, but it was life changing for me. I was in a bad space and, and same for my brother and same for one of our friends and many other people that we've sent your way. So, um, well, well, and that's because I love what I do. My daddy always said, <laughs> you know, boys, if you're, if you decide on a career in your life, if you're singing on your way to work on Monday, rather than dreading the fact that it's actually a Monday, then you're doing the right thing. Okay. For 31 years now, I've been singing on my way to the, my office on Monday mornings. And by the way, that's 3 AM in the morning when I'm on my way to my office. Ouch. <laughs> right. So, and I mean, but I, and I still love it. I still have a passion. I think it's obvious in our conversation today. It's, you know, 31 years later, I'm still that passionate and I love what I do because I what? I make people's lives better. Mm, I know, love I, that. Yeah. I mean, I, do I have all the answers? Not at all. Absolutely not. No, no one does. But do I take pride in the fact that I can assist people in bringing and giving them their lives back? I do it every day and I love it. Oh, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Barney, for being on the BU Find Happy podcast. We really appreciate having your expertise and sharing something that I think needs a lot more exposure in the world. Well, thank you. Thank you very much for having me. I just, it's been an absolute pleasure. And uh, when I was uh, when you, you asked, I, I, I just had to do it. I'm just like, oh, I, I would love to do that. I, I've been on uh, talk shows before. I mean, on, on radio shows. And I really enjoyed it, but it was many, many moons ago. So it was a pleasure to do it. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. And I'll see you soon. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This has been a BU Find Happy podcast. For more inspiration, check out the links.